Good morning, church family. I'm happy to be here with you on this Christmas morning. And those of you that are visiting, welcome. Um, if you do not know who I am, my name is Tim Tarr. I serve as a deacon here at the church. Um, we're happy that you are here to join us this Christmas morning. Uh, I will be reading uh, from Matthew 1, uh, verses 20 through 23, if you want to turn there with me. And I'll just share a brief thought on this scripture this morning. And it says this, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. The Son of God becoming Son of Man and Woman, he humbled himself to come down and be the baby born in a humble town, in a humble place, in a humble family. In a time where there was silence from the Lord in his perfect timing, he brought before us a baby boy named God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus. The need of a Savior had been known but few knew this was the answer that they were looking for. The Messiah has been born. At last, the King has been born. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, and ransom, captive Israel. I ask that you remember that name this morning as we celebrate him coming into this world, the birth of Christ, starting his earthly mission to ransom him, his people to save us sinners. So, when he remained humble, humble enough to die on a cross, we would so believe in him that we could forever reign with him as well. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your baby boy, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for providing him to your people bringing him forth in a humble manner to be born on this earth, allowing himself to become man, but yet still remain fully God. This morning we rest on him so we may have hope to live forever with Christ in this new heaven and new earth. Allow us to always remember that this season is not a worldly tradition, but a recognition of your plan, Lord coming to fruition. We thank you, Lord. We love you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Morning. It's an interesting thing that uh, things have lined up that we have Christmas on a Sunday. We're all here together, no pastor. <laughs> so how about that? And I thought, you know, I wonder, uh, you know, Josh, if you're out there, if you're faking sick, so you can put more lights on your house to beat Mr. Garver, it's a shameful thing. It's a shameful thing. Uh, I was asked to share um, a small devotional. I'm going to read to you from uh, Philippians chapter 2. Uh, it's not a familiar Christmas passage exactly, but uh, it does shed some light on the coming of Christ. And so I think uh, I I'd like to share that with you. Philippians chapter 2, I'll be reading 
uh, familiar verses to you, found in verse 5 down through 11. They read like this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now last night uh, we had family over to our house uh, to, to do the usual uh, Christmas tradition. Uh, we uh, played games, we talked, we uh, ate too much, and uh, we even watched Frosty the Snowman, which I have to say, uh, being made in 1951, that was the copyright on it, the, the, uh, the animation was pretty good, better than I remembered. Uh, not that I was alive in the 50s, but anyway, <laughs> since the last time I watched it. We closed out the night, though, reading from Luke chapter 2. Now, that's a familiar uh, Christmas passage to you. And uh, this year, the thing that, that stood out to me uh, was after reading about Jesus, the foretelling of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, uh, the, the birth of Jesus, all of, the, all of the parts that make up the Christmas story, uh, the parts that stuck out to me this year was uh, that section towards the tail end of chapter 2. Uh, I won't read it to you, but I'll just, I'll just summarize some of it. There's a part where uh, Mary and Joseph, in uh, keeping with the tradition of the time, they took Jesus into the temple to uh, fulfill a tradition, a custom that, that, that needed to be fulfilled. And when they got there, they handed Jesus uh, over to a man named Simeon. Maybe you remember this part of the story. Simeon was a man filled with the Holy Spirit, and God had revealed to him through the Spirit that uh, he would not die, personally die, until he saw God's uh, salvation, the promise um, brought forth. And so Simeon, whether he knew that Christmas morning when he woke up, whether he knew that that day was the day or not, I don't know. But I do know that the, that the uh, Luke records in his gospel that when Simeon was handed this baby, he said, now God, I can depart in peace because you have delivered on your promise. Uh, basically, he's saying, you've given me everything I need, now I can die. Uh, which is, is, a, is a wild thing to think about. And that gave me pause. In a similar way, the, next, the very next section, um, while they're still at the temple, there's a, a woman named Anna, and, and she also comes over to Mary and Joseph and starts telling them things about their baby, uh, uh, amazing things. And it says that they were amazed and, uh, and that, that, um, that they were in awe of what all that was happening and what was being said. The thing I, I think that's, that strikes me about those two accounts, um, and in a similar way, you know the story of Jesus as a boy when he goes into the temple, he's lost or, or depart, apart from his parents and they're looking for him. He's not lost, they think he's lost. I think the thing that's, that sticks out to me about those stories is that they give us uh, just a moment of pause. We think about the humanity of Jesus in those moments. We think about the nuts and bolts of what it means for Jesus to live a life and be 
a person. When I think about Simeon holding a baby and looking at it and saying, this is God's fulfillment in, of all of his promises, you can simplify it in this. Simeon is saying, this is a divine thing. This is uh, something greater than just a baby. This is no ordinary baby. Uh, and Paul says the same thing here in Philippians 2, if you're there looking at it. He says in verse 6 that Jesus, being in very nature God. And so me being uh, uh, literal as I am and uh, liking to unpack the nuts and bolts of that sort of thing, I'm, I'm reading last night and I'm thinking, if that baby is God, does that mean that that, that baby had dirty diapers? Did that baby drool? If you left that baby on a countertop, would he fall off it if no one was around to catch him? I'm willing to believe that, that some of that is the case, that Jesus may have had a dirty diaper or two. From there, where do we go? Uh, that's, that's the thing that, that I found myself asking. Why did God send his son in the form of a baby? Such a lowly estate. What is more helpless than a baby? If you've had a baby, you know they need constant. They're a demanding relationship. They need constant attention. And I hear some babies in this room, so I know some of you are probably should hear a couple amens from that. But <laughs> all that to say, there could have been other ways that God could have dealt with some of these things other than, than, than sending a baby. But he sent a baby. And I think this passage sheds some, some light on exactly why it is that God sent a baby. Paul says this, and I'll read it to you again. He says that, that Christ, being the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. I think there's a lot to say about when we read this story of Christmas, there's a lot to say about the Christmas spirit. And we're all sort of looking for the Christmas spirit. And we all have different ideas about what the Christmas spirit really is. I think most of us would say that it's, um, it's about cheer and about joy and about merriment. And, it, and it's certainly not those, not, not those things. I mean, it, it is those things, but that's not the heart of what it really is. See, this, this passage that Paul gives us here is a prescriptive passage. Uh, he wrote it to a, a church in a particular time in a particular place, but it is a passage that has to do with us. In the same way that God gave us an account of Jesus being a baby, he also gave us an account here that, uh, that Paul gave to the Philippians. It's a prescription. Verse 5 says, Your attitude should be this, that of Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to describe Jesus taking the form of humanity, becoming a helpless thing, in order that he might be a servant to many. So when we're talking about the Christmas spirit, this is, this is what it is. This is what Paul says the Christmas spirit is. This is the example that God gave us in the form of his son. And so there's the prescription for us. Um, as we go, um, this is the attitude that we should take this holiday season. You see, merriment and joy and cheer can't be the sum total of the Christmas spirit. 
because there's a fair amount of us that don't have cheer this year and don't have a lot of merriment and don't, are not, don't find ourselves full of joy. But you should know and take heart in this, that God sent his only son to take on the form of mankind, which is a lowly and broken thing. And he did that so that you might be restored. That's the whole Christmas story. It's a story of redemption. Pastor Andrew said it beautifully today that when Jesus was born, it was, he was born onto a road ultimately that would lead him to his death. A strange thing to celebrate. And yet we know that a, a baby coming and living is not how God put away sin and death. No, he put it away by putting his son up on the cross that you might have life and life abundant. Paul ends this, uh, this, this section of, um, of this passage by saying this. Jesus made himself obedient all the way to death, death on a cross, which uh, if you unpack all that, the, the idea that he came to save people and then they put him away in a brutal fashion. He says after that, though, that God exalted him to the highest place and he gave him a name that is above every other name. Uh, the prescription here is, I think, of Jesus' words. Jesus says this, if you want to have uh, something to take with you today. Jesus in Matthew 23 says, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. God gave you this baby uh, as an example of humility. He gave him to you as an example of servitude. He gave him to you as uh, the way that you should treat others. He gave him to you as a, as a design to show you the depths that you should go in your service to others. Uh, tremendous humility um, and uh, massive generosity. That's what he gave us in the form of a baby. Um, and so that's the nature of the Christmas spirit. So I hope you take that with you and, uh, and encourages you today. I'll just offer a word of prayer. Uh, God, it is good to be in your house today, and it is good to, uh, to enjoy the company of one another. I pray that, uh, that the company of one another would warm our hearts. I pray that you would help us to put on the spirit of Christ this Christmas, that we would serve others and that we would think more of others than over ourselves, and we would do that with great humility. And uh, we thank you for his coming and his example, and we thank you for his death, which, is, uh, which brings us life. Amen. Just thankful for, again, an opportunity to gather with you guys this morning, and uh, it could be easy to get tied up in really the commercialization of Christmas and the things that we want to do in our day and the things that we think are important today, and I think often we miss out on these times that we get to be together. These times that we get to celebrate and worship with not just our personal families, but our church family. The greater family that God has allowed us to be a part of. Adopted as sons and daughters into a family that is greater than any family here on earth. Better to be a part of than any lineage that man could put together. And so I'm thankful today to be with you. I'm thankful today to, <clears throat> to hear the words of godly men, to hear the praises of God's people. And I just pray that you take that home today, that you take home those words, you take home these praises, and we celebrate our God, not just this morning, but throughout the day, as we see others, as we celebrate with our 
earthly families as we say hello to people on Facebook or on whatever social media you decide you want to use this year. But we have an opportunity to spread hope and to spread the message that Jake talked about. That's not just on me as a pastor or the leaders here at this church, but that's on you as part of this family to share the hope that we have in Jesus together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your son, Jesus. That's what unites us. But ultimately, remind us, Lord God, that you've given us a family here on earth to be a part of. A family here on earth that you have given us a place in. A family here on earth that you've given us skills and talents and abilities to sharpen one another with, to encourage one another with, to lift one another up when we're weak. And Lord, ultimately, you've also given each one of us the deposit of the gospel. You've entrusted it to each of us. The message of a baby come to earth in humble form. The message of a, of a man who grew and lived a perfect life, dedicated to the will of his father. And ultimately, Lord, the sad tragedy to some of a man whose life was cut short. But to us, Lord, his death means much more. His death means salvation. And so, Lord, we who are broken, we who are weary, we who are unworthy, we, Lord, we come to you needing your son, Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, you would remind us that we are not the only ones in need, but, Lord, the entire world needs you. And so, Lord, give us the burden to share the gospel message even today. And tomorrow and the day after and the day after that, because it's a message of hope. It's the most important good news that I have ever received. And if that's the case, Lord, burden my heart to share it with others, that it may be the most important news that they ever receive as well. Lord, go with us today. Thank you for sending your son to be with us, Emmanuel, here on this earth. Remind us, Lord God, of that as we go, as we spend time with one another. Help even the last bits of fellowship here amongst your people to be sweet. Let us linger as long as, Lord, we would be allowed that we might glorify you in the beautiful nature of the church. We pray this in your name. Amen.